listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and today I'm privileged to be speaking with author Jeremy Shipper about his new book, Denmark V.C.'s Bible, The Thwarted Revolt That Puts Slavery and Scripture on Trial. Jeremy is a professor in the Departments of Religion and Near and Middle Eastern Civilization at the University of Toronto. He's published in numerous journals, including the Journal of Biblical Literature and the Catholic Biblical Quarterly. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, let's let's start off by telling listeners who Denmark V.C. was. Yes, so Denmark V.C. was born sometime around 1767. Uh, we're not exactly sure where, maybe somewhere in the Caribbean, maybe on the uh, west coast of Africa. He was enslaved as a teenager and eventually brought to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, remarkably, he entered a lottery and won the lottery. Um, and so with his, with his winnings, he, uh, purchased, he purchased his freedom uh, and then set up a thriving carpentry business in South Carolina. Um, However, about 20, 22 years later, in 1822, he um, planned a revolt for enslaved people, the free enslaved people in Charleston. Um, but that revolt was thwarted uh, before it could begin, and he was tried in what amounted to a show trial and then put to death in, uh, on uh, July 2nd, 1822. That's well, sort of a quick overview of who uh, Denmark V.C. Sure. And, and from reading the book, which is a, a really good read, I, I noticed, I, I was curious about this. How did you go about pulling together the documents to write about something that happened so long ago? And, and as I understand it, V.C. did not leave any writings behind, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, he didn't leave anything behind. So everything we know about V.C. comes from you know, secondhand sources. Um, and a lot of it uh, is based on, we have extensive transcripts of the trials uh, that happened. So a lot of it was based on the testimony of enslaved people at the trials, as well as the slaveholding magistrates who, uh, who wrote about him. We also have, uh, we also have some personal letters uh, that we found uh, that uh, talk about um, the trial uh, from 1822. And we do have a lot of um, published sermons uh, by, pro, by pro-slavery clergy in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, that uh, discuss uh, V.C. Uh, and then, you know, over time, in subsequent decades, you know, a, lot, a, lot, a lot more was written about him after his death, uh, including some, uh, some uh, biographies uh, from the... Um, from the 19th century, and then obviously a lot of scholarship in the 20th and 21st century as well. Okay. Um, well, you know, and let's try to put this in context for folks, because unfortunately, at least I think it's unfortunate, I'm not sure folks are up to speed on history anymore these days. V.C. was not the only potential slave rebellion that occurred in the States prior to the Civil War. Is that right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, so uh, you know, even before VC, for instance, the Stono Rebellion in uh, in, in South Carolina as well in uh, 1741, uh, that was a uh, a short-lived rebellion. But that rebellion created laws uh, that were used. Uh, the um, the slaveholders, you know, uh, instituted laws in the wake of that rebe- rebellion in 1781 
that they used uh, to try uh, VC. Okay. Uh, other rebellions, you know, there's another rebellion in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, in 1800 uh, by a enslaved man named Gabriel, uh, which has a lot of parallels with uh, with VC's uh, rebellion as well. So you know, so you're absolutely right. We shouldn't look at this just as an isolated one-off event, but rather it is part of a larger history of uh, enslaved rebellions in the U.S. Okay. Now, from from the book, I gather that the decision to revolt by VC was is not something that he just did overnight. This was planned. Uh, he recruited followers over the course of several years. Is that correct? Yes. Um, we don't know exactly like the exact moment or the exact day, or even the exact year that the plan started. Uh, but he was very much involved in his local church, uh, the uh, church known at the time as the African Church, uh, but is actually a forerunner for uh, Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, which is still, uh, is, is still in existence in, in uh, Charleston. Uh, and it seems that his involvement at the church, he, he helped plan the conspiracy uh, uh, at that time, uh, but we don't know exactly when that happened. Probably sometime in the late uh, 1810s, uh, and the the revolt was planned for 1822. So it was probably several years in the making, uh, which is expected because it was a very meticulous, very detailed uh, plan. It couldn't just spring overnight. Um, but yeah, there was probably several years of uh, of close uh, close planning and then recruitment. Uh, that went into the revolt. And, and in deciding to revolt, Vesey and his followers, Vesey in particular, but his followers also relied on biblical justification, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, they, 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 you know, again, because, partly because the revolt was, you know, probably planned uh, at, uh, at meetings uh, at the church, you know, it, it would come as no surprise that they would use uh, biblical justifications well, and, uh, for, and, uh, for that. And you, you do this in the book, but I want to get you to do it for our listeners. Can you give us some examples of the Scripture that, that V.C. would have relied on to try to convince somebody to become part of the revolt? Oh, yeah, so he used a number of Scriptures from, from several points in, 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 the, in the Bible, um, not exclusively, but largely from the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible, um, one particular, just as an example, one uh, particular text that, uh, that is repeatedly mentioned at the trial uh, by various witnesses is uh, from Exodus 21.16. And I'll recite it from the King James Version, because the King James Version was a version that everyone associated with the, te- with the trial uh, used. Um, and uh, Exodus uh, 21.16 uh, reads, uh, He that stealeth a man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall he shall surely be put to death. So that that particular scripture mentions that you know if you if you steal someone, or if you sell, or if you sell them, or if you're uh, found to uh, to uh, to enslave someone, the penalty is death. Uh, so VC took that scripture and said, hey, you know what? You know that's a very clear biblical mandate for uh, for uh, attacking and killing. Slaveholders. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he you know, Exodus twenty one sixteen is is a, is a very prominent text, but he uses several other texts as well uh, from throughout the uh, throughout the uh, Old Testament or Hebrew Bible uh, to uh, to uh, justify and uh, um, recruit 
uh, for the revolt. Well, one of the things I, I think listeners need to know, and I certainly picked up on this rather quickly in the book, is that while the story focuses on Denmark Vesey per se as the main character, for lack of a better way to put it, it's also a detailed story about the uses and the abuses to which the Bible was put, particularly in the South, uh, as it regarded slavery and what each side relied upon to justify its actions, correct? Yes. So, um, so you know, obviously, you know, that, you know, his reading of a text like Exodus twenty-one sixteen wouldn't go over very well with uh, with uh, the slaveholding elite in uh, in Charleston. Uh, and so, they also you know, scoured the Bible and pulled out you know, sort of proof texts to support uh, enslavement, and you know, and um, and so, you know, to counter uh, VC's uh, readings. Um, so they, you know, they, they, they mention a number of texts, um, and uh, most of them from the New Testament or Christian scriptures uh, that they felt uh, supported uh, slavery. Um, and, um, and so, yes, yeah, so you have both sides uh, appealing to the Bible to support their uh, particular position. Well, and yeah, and in fact, you make this point. I'm going to give you a quote here that you write in the book, quote, the legitimacy of V.C.'s plot quickly became a matter of serious and detailed biblical interpretation, close quote. And you do a good job of making that point throughout the book, that this was not just a simple trial about a possible revolt. Southern leaders involved in V.C.'s trial, as well as local Southern preachers, had to recapture, I guess, what they thought was the high ground in the interpretation of the Bible and point out specifically why V.C. was wrong, right? Yeah, so part of, you know, part of what they found particularly unsettling was, you know, that V.C. was challenging their sort of monopoly on biblical interpretation. You know, so, you know, uh, you know they, they, they would often sort of you know, assume uh, that the Bible supported the chattel slavery practiced in the U.S., uh, and that was sort of an open shut case. And then here comes Vesey, and you know, and makes some very strong claims from the Bible that not only does the Bible not support enslavement, but also uh, the Bible endorses the killing of those who uh, who enslave others. Um, and so that challenge to their uh, to their authority meant that they, they had to uh, shore up their own uh, biblical interpretations uh, in support of uh, the slavery that they practiced. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so you know, both sides absolutely were, um, were invested in uh, biblical interpretation, or I should say this, uh, the, the revolt in a way sort of uh, was a catalyst for arguments over uh, biblical interpretation and its relationship to slavery. And, and in fact, you, you point this out in the, in the book, the magistrate that tried V.C. and the others, who, and I couldn't help but shaking my head, was a slaveholder. Same. Yes, yes. You know, in fact, all all of them, all, all of the magistrates involved mm-hmm. in the trial were uh, were slaveholders. So yeah, I mean, the trial was a show trial. Right. Like you know, it wasn't like the you know VC was ever going to have a fair trial uh, or or get off. You know, he he was you know he was doomed to die from the moment uh, that he was arrested. Sure. And you you point out that this this magistrate said, and I guess this picks up on what you were saying, that V.C. was, quote, attempting to subvert the sacred words of God into a sanction for crimes of the blackest hue, close quote. So they're playing to the public here as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, yeah, and so that, that quote, you know, that quote comes from when the magistrate was sentencing V.C. to death. You know, mm-hmm. so when he was delivering the verdict, uh, he said, you know, 
he said, uh, you know, you're not only guilty based on the formal charges, which was treason against the state that you're convicted on, but also, you know, I find your uh, your interpretation of scripture to be, you know, uh, abhorrent. Uh, you know, and, and you said, as he said, you know, quote, uh, to justify um, crimes of the blackest hue. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, and this gets a bit to your earlier question, Mike, uh, afterwards, you know, he then goes on to quote a whole bunch of texts from the New Testament that he feels support slavery. So, for instance, one of those texts is Ephesians 6.5. And Ephesians 6.5 in the King James says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Um, and so he, he would pull out texts like that and say, you know, no, VC, you're wrong. Uh, in fact, the Bible, especially the New Testament, uh, supports enslavement. It right. calls for servants to be obedient to, uh, to their masters, according to King James. Well, let's take a, a step back, because I think f- listeners may not be familiar with this. So the issue of slavery, separate and apart from VC for the moment, actually split the churches. Am I correct? Yes, um, you know, absolutely. So the um, uh, the uh, positions of several of the uh, of the clergy uh, in um, in Charleston, uh, and, you know, and these included uh, Episcopalians, they included uh, Baptists, they included Methodists. Uh, was you know at, at that time was very uh, pro-slavery. You know, some of the churches had later uh, uh, splits or schisms, especially the Presbyterian Church and the Methodist Church as well. Um, V.C., however, was a, a member of what later became known as the African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, which was started by uh, enslaved folks like Richard Allen in Philadelphia. Um, so right there you see a, an obvious divide between, uh, between churches uh, over slavery. And then, you know, uh, and then in the decades that follow, again, this was 1822, so it was about 40 years or so before, uh, before the Civil War, in the decades that follow, you ha- you would have schisms uh, between churches and mainline denominations, especially, say, for instance, the Presbyterian Church. Well, you had, if my memory's right, correct me. I think the the, Bap- the Southern Baptist split off over the issue of slavery. The Methodist yes, Church, yes. the Methodist Church split, although they came back together sometime in the 1900s. Southern Baptist never yes. came back, right? Yes, and same with the uh, with Presbyterians as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, do, you you did have this. You're, you're absolutely right. You did have this. Uh, as a feature of a lot of the mainline uh, um, uh, dominations. Okay. Now, the, the other thing that I seem to recall, and you, you mentioned this a little bit in the book, is that the issue of exposing slaves to religion um, was somewhat controversial, right? I mean, some, some slaves would have to gather by themselves and, and, and have secret religious meetings. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, um, again, it... it, it for the best we can reconstruct, it seems that uh, part of the way that VC was able to uh, to spread the word about his uh, about his rebellion was at um, at nighttime meetings uh, um, for the the church he was involved with, you know, which would be like weekday meetings, which 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 um, white folks didn't necessarily have uh, access to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so those you know the uh, um, those meetings, you know, seem to be a one of the points at which the, uh, not the only one, but one of the uh, places uh, that would help facilitate the planning of the rebellion. Yeah, there's there's actually, if again, if I recall correctly, there's something called, it was called Hush Harbor Meetings or something like that, where slaves would gather secretly at night to do religious ceremonies. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the, the term hush harbors, it doesn't come up in connection with VCs. Uh, right. Uh, VCs rebellion, but yeah, that was a, a common um, term used uh, to, uh, to talk about, you know, a secret religious ceremonies. Do you know Do you know why the slave owners, I mean, maybe you've read something, were uh, so concerned about exposing the slaves to religion? Um, well, part of it you know, had to do with just, you know, they would, you know um, whether it was after the fact or not, you know, part of it was like, look, you know, if you expose them to religion, you know, they might start reading the Bible, and, you know, and like VC, they might identify texts <laughs> that would counter, you know, the dominant pro-slavery uh, interpretations that we're uh, exposing them to. Um, so, you know, so, so that was, you know, that was a concern. Um, others, you know, th- there was actually a split among slaveholders mm-hmm. on this uh, on this issue because some of them said, you no, know, no, they should have the uh, the uh, right to religious instruction because, you know, despite the way we treat them in this life. Um, they should have access to uh, to salvation. Um, so you know, even if they're you know, even if their condition is enslaved in this world and hereafter, you know, they should have an option to uh, to um, gain religion and therefore you know have access to salvation. Uh, others said you know, among the uh, among the um, slaveholders said no, that's a horrible idea because you know, if you give them religious instruction, they might do like Vici did. And you know, start reading the Bible on their own, and and uh, and uh, come up with interpretations that uh, we might not sanction. It would actually maybe even threaten our authority, if not our lives. Okay. Well, now listeners may not be aware of this also, but besides you know sermons by ministers and things like that, there are actually books written by slavery proponents that uh, asserted that slavery was in fact sanctioned by the Bible. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, and that only increases over time. So the the closer we get to say the Civil War, uh, the more uh, the more that that happens. But you know, um, what you do get in um, even in 1822, in the wake of Vesey's um, uh, the the discovery uh, by the white slaveholders of Vesey's plot, uh, you do get uh, these lengthy pa- these pamphlets or, or short books, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justifying uh, enslavement based on uh, biblical uh, support. Okay. Um, well, let's let's come back to VC. I veered off a little bit just to get some background. But how was the VC plot discovered? Do you know? Yeah, um, it, it was discovered in a way that actually a lot of uh, um, thwarted uh, revolts were discovered. Uh, <laughs> it was betrayed uh, by uh, two people who were recruited, two two enslaved men who were recruited uh, to participate in the revolt. They uh, they betrayed the revolt to their uh, slaveholders. Uh, so so uh, two men, uh, enslaved men named uh, George and Peter, um, they uh, they uh, informed they betrayed the revolt to uh, to the slaveholders, uh, and um, and uh, that was the way that this, the the revolt was discovered, and and that's why it was thwarted. It never actually happened. Right. It was, uh, you know, it was suppressed before it could get started. Uh, well, but that, 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 that same thing happened with uh, mm-hmm. the revolt you mentioned earlier, Gabriel's conspiracy. Same thing happened there. Um, uh, you know, part of, the, part of it's a logistics issue. Like when you have a, a mass revolt on that scale, that increases the chances that someone is going to, uh, is going to betray it. Yeah, you know, I just recently I was reading about the um, the slaughters in Hot Spring, Arkansas. This is in uh, 1919, and it yes. was betrayed in a similar way. And I couldn't help wondering if this is simply trying to curry favor uh, with you know with your slave owner, I guess. 
right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I mean, the um, you know the the two the two men uh, in uh, in Avicii's case, you know, they uh, you know they they got off, um, right? And you know they weren't you know uh, implicated. And even in Gabriel's rebellion I mean, in 1800 in, in Richmond, uh, you know, the same thing there. Uh, in fact, uh, they were um, they were you know they're uh, they were freed afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were uh, they were enslaved before, but you know, in exchange for the testimony. Uh, yeah. Against Gabriel, they were uh, they were freed. So yeah, there were incentives yeah. um, to uh, to betray uh, the revolt. All right. So we know we've touched on it already. What the result of the trial was for VC. How how many of his followers, along with him, were actually tried and convicted? Oh yeah. So there were oh, there were well over 120 arrests okay. uh, that happened. Um, not all of them were uh, were uh, were sentenced to death. Um, and you know, and not all of them were convicted, um, and that was one of the ways that because the majority of them were not convicted, that was one of the ways that the uh, the trial was presented as if it was a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but there were a number who were banished from the state, and then including Vesey, there were 35 uh, men executed um, um, across uh, several several days. Uh, in uh, or, or several weeks, I should say, in the summer of 1822. Uh, so uh, VC and 34 others uh, were executed. And they were, in these days, they were hung. Is that correct? Yes. And in the book, you note that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that many of the hangings were, were basically botched. In other words, the person didn't die right away. Yeah. So the, the, there's one particular day. It, it was a few weeks after VC was actually executed. He was, he, he and five others were executed the first uh the, the first day of the executions on uh, on July second, uh, but uh, a few weeks later um, there was some mass executions uh, involving over twenty people, and some of those were uh, were botched. So they the the ropes. I don't. I'm not familiar with all the logistics of hangings, but mm-hmm. the uh, the ropes were either too long, and the uh, the uh, the uh, the victim ended up on their feet, uh, or they or they were being slowly strangled. And some of them, in response to that. Uh, as they were, you know, dangling there because the hangings were botched, uh, the local sheriff uh, shot them oh, and uh, okay. killed them. You know, uh, and, and yeah, so you know, it wasn't. It didn't. The, the hangings did not go off uh, smoothly by any means. You know, I, let me jump back for a second. I'm curious about this. So the folks that were accused got to testify. You've read the transcripts. What did you What did you pick up from that? Did they recant? Did they stand firm? Did um, Do you have any sense of that? Yeah, so some of them did. Um, so you know, for instance, in um, in um, so take take the 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 five people who were executed along with VC mm-hmm. um, on on the first days of the execution on July second. Um, of those of those five others besides VC, uh, two of them uh, confessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now you know how how coerced those those confessions were is another story. Right. You know, uh, you know, they, it wasn't like you know they uh, you know uh, you know you, you, we can't be 100 percent sure of the veracity of their of their confessions, but you did have a number of people confess. Um, and now you know, for instance, for those two gentlemen, um, it didn't save their lives. Mm-hmm. They were still they were still executed. You know, uh, some um, some confessed, uh, and um, and some and some also you know uh, named names of others. Um, and you know, sometimes it saved their lives, 
Uh, other times, though, it didn't matter. Even despite their confession, they were still executed. Okay. Uh, but she did have he did have some people uh, confess. VC uh, was not one of them. Sure. Well, let let's bring this. Let's close this with with a kind of a bringing it current. Why is the VC story still relevant today? Is there a is there a larger lesson about uh, maybe for folks that venerate the Bible and its texts from this story? And if so, tell us what it is. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I, w- I would say, in some respects, um, it's relevant today because it's still a live issue. Um, so, in um, in um, Charleston today, at a park named Wade Park, um, there is a monument uh, to VC, a statue um, uh, of VC. Uh, and even as recently as last year, 2021, during Memorial Day, uh, that. Uh, that monument was desecrated. Uh, it was uh, it was vandals uh, tried to deface. They, they, they did deface the monument, uh, and they tried to chisel off the name uh, Dan Marvisi as if they were like intentionally trying to erase Visi's name from the historical record. Um, so even today, uh, the the name uh, and the story of of Dan Marvisi. Uh, still uh, still um, evokes very strong responses uh, and so I would say to um, for you know for folks whether they're religious or not uh, for uh, for folks today you know um, just being aware that um, VC's name and story are still trying you know, folks are still actively trying to erase him from history um, very much I think uh, relates to um, some larger conversations that are, are going on today about, you know, how we tell our history, how mm. in the U.S. we, uh, we tell our history, um, and what is included in that history, and what do we try to erase or ignore. Um, and I think that's still an ongoing uh, debate about, you know, about issues of, you know, of slavery, um, very yeah. much so in the last few years. That's an excellent point. But does, does it also have relevance for folks who do study the Bible? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think you know it raises the issue of biblical interpretation. You know, it raises the issue of you know uh, of what are you not you personally, but what is one uh, invested in when they read the Bible? You know, uh, you know. There's this great quote by uh, this uh, gentleman who uh, wrote a children's book uh, on Demarfisi, uh in the early 1970s, and you know, at one point he he writes, and this is an exact quote, but a paraphrase. He writes that uh, you know the um, the enslaved and the slaveholder are never going to have the same interpretation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know, when for those who are uh, are very interested in biblical interpretation, I think you know uh, being aware of your own social location and your own sort of your own investments that you bring to the Bible, uh, and you know and the danger and the opportunity. Uh, that uh, that might that uh, that that uh, that that involves mm-hmm. uh, when you read the Bible and then try to uh, apply it to a contemporary social issue, yeah. you know, be it slavery in the 1820s or uh, any one of the hot button topics that we talk about uh, today. That's a, that's an excellent point. Unfortunately, that's all the time I have for today. Um, you've been listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and I've been speaking with Jeremy Shipper about his new book, Denmark VC's Bible, 
the thwarted revolt that put slavery and scripture on trial. Jeremy, is there a website? I, I know the book is available on Amazon and elsewhere. Is there a website that people can go to um, to get more information? Yes, on this particular book, I think you know, Amazon is a great place to find information, and you know, there are other uh, websites. Um, you can also look me up just if you Google me. I'm mean, a pretty easy Google, uh, Jeremy uh, Shipper, S-C-H-I-P-P-E-R. Um, and uh, you know, you'll find, uh, you can find my faculty page. Uh, um, that might be, you know, might, uh, it's a little bit in transition right now at the University of Toronto, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, Googling my name, you'll, you'll get plenty of information about that name of okay. that way. Jeremy, thank you so much. This has been very enlightening. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.